Hey everyone, this is Tavi, and welcome to a special bonus episode of The Solar Spill. Suzanne is out of town on a well-deserved vacation, and so I'll be rocking this one solo. So just as Susanna and I were putting a bow on our net metering episode, and working through her, uh, sympathy, I'll call it, for the utilities, a related storm was brewing. Like an actual storm that turned into a hurricane. A hurricane which has exposed the folly of clinging to our terrible oil and gas habits. Now, in most conversations, when we discuss ways of reducing our carbon output on a national scale, we tend to focus on the giant oil and gas companies that have been attempting to minimize their perceived role in climate change, I mean, if not outright lie about it. But there's another key player that deserves some public scrutiny. So this week, as millions of homes and businesses lost power in New Orleans as a result of Hurricane Ida, we're compelled to take a look at the utility that provides electricity to much of the city. And what we'll find is a company that has known for decades of their effect on climate change and has fought tooth and nail to continue burning fossil fuels. Quick pause. At the time of this recording, the death toll associated with Hurricane Ida sits at just two which stands as an almost miraculously small number compared to the death and devastation caused by Hurricane Katrina, which hit New Orleans exactly 10 years prior. We're hoping that the rescue operations which are underway are successful without additional loss of life. And we wish for nothing more than a speedy recovery to that beautiful city and the nearly 400,000 people that lend it such unique culture and life every day. So, okay. Let's talk about the utility that has monopolized service to the city that CARE forgot. Entergy is the private utility company that has powered most of New Orleans since 1933, when it became a founding member of the Edison Electric Institute, and also a longtime member of the Electric Power Research Institute, the EPRI. And crucially, the EPRI and its members have had access to reports linking fossil fuels to climate change since 1968. Here's a quote we found from David Pomerantz, the current executive director of the EPRI. Quote, Entergy is known for decades that burning fossil fuels causes climate change, that climate change causes more extreme weather, and that these effects would create vulnerabilities for the electric grid. Despite that knowledge, Entergy has used deception, bullying, and political power only available to monopolies to continue burning fossil fuels and to delay or kill efforts that might have made its customers become more resilient to climate change." End quote. So in 1988, a paper published by the EPRI, again, which Entergy was still a member at the time, explicitly said that, quote, system reliability could be affected if climatic changes result in more frequent and more severe storms, end quote. And that's, that's the reality that we're basically living through now with all the more advanced science that we're finding on climate change. But as we know, you know, papers and official reports can easily be brushed aside by the sort of short-term memory of corporate succession and good PR spin. But what's really undeniable, what no PR company can spin, and what no memory can ever forget is, of course, Hurricane Katrina, when Entergy's own infrastructure was knocked offline, leaving over 2 million people without power. And you would think that a scenario so catastrophic and debilitating would cause the city's sole provider of electricity to, you know, maybe like, consider another strategy? 
Well, instead of adapting and reinforcing the grid to respond to the very same storms that they helped exacerbate through climate change, Entergy took every effort to resist reducing their use of oil and gas, as well as achievable recommendations to make the grid more resilient. So a couple years after Katrina, in 2007, Entergy lobbied and pushed back against a federal bill to increase renewable power. And later in 2009, they resisted a landmark cap and trade bill, which would have created hard limits on greenhouse gas emissions and strong incentives to save money by cutting emissions in the most cost-effective ways. Later in 2015, Entergy pushed back against the EPA's 2015 Clean Power Plan, which only called, only called for a 38% cut in carbon dioxide emissions by 2030 compared to 2005, right? So they'd have to reduce by 38% of carbon dioxide emissions by 2030, but only compared to the 2005 rates, which is of course when Katrina hit. A very fair cutback. In 2018, an independent investigation found that Entergy actually hired actors to show up at a city council vote to show fake support of a new gas plant in New Orleans, despite widespread local opposition to the plant. And get this, right, even though Entergy had to pay a $5 million fine for those shenanigans. The plant was approved and built. We've also linked to a comprehensive 2019 report by the Alliance for Affordable Energy, which found that Entergy's grid and services created more frequent and longer outages for the people of New Orleans than the state and national averages. So more frequent and longer outages than the rest of Louisiana and, of course, the rest of the country and that there were clear signs of environmental racism. And for this, I'm gonna quote the study. Quote, people in council districts D and E, including the Gentilly, New Orleans East, and Lower Ninth Ward neighborhoods, experience the greatest proportion of outages in this city. These residents are more susceptible than their neighbors uptown or in the French Quarter, and also typically tend to be lower income. These disproportionate outages, coupled with the fact that low-income households in NOLA are more likely to be located in areas at higher risk to flooding and land subsidence, are a clear form of environmental racism. Additionally, New Orleans is the second highest energy burden city in the United States, meaning that the percentage of household income spent on energy bills is the second highest in the country, in New Orleans. Further, families with high energy burdens are more likely to develop respiratory diseases, increased stress and economic hardship, and difficulty in moving out of poverty. Low-income energy consumers in NOLA are clearly at a disadvantage when it comes to their energy needs being met in an affordable and efficient manner." End quote. So to address the general unreliability of Entergy's grid and close some of the gaps that were outlined in that previous report, a plan was put forward by the Energy and Policy Institute that essentially mimicked what we talked about in the last episode, which is net metering. And it proposed basically to pay customers for excess solar energy that they sell back to the grid, right? That'll make the grid more resilient and give the people who are producing excess energy a little more you know, cash in their pocket for that extra credit. So Entergy pushed back hard to gut the plan. And in a leaked email, get this, Entergy's president of utility operations, Rod West, accused the, he's, this is his quotes, solar lobby of, and I, I kid you not here, stoking a quote, class war, a class war. So as a final insult to injury in 2020, Entergy announced a plan to reach net zero by 2050 by expanding the use of natural gas, which is of course carbon polluting. So I'm, I'm not sure I follow the logic there, but, but there's gotta be a logic to these decisions, right? 
So if a more resilient grid leads to fewer and shorter outages, greater equity for all residents of New Orleans, no matter their income or which district they might live in, surely there must be some community that benefits from Entergy's seemingly backward refusal to strengthen their grid, right? Well, unfortunately, the community that has benefited the most is Entergy's executives and shareholders, who have profited handsomely since recovering from Hurricane Katrina. So look, New Orleans has had a, a pyrrhic victory over Hurricane Ida because you know, the levee system held and there wasn't that same tragic loss of life as with Katrina. But it's important to look at what systems did fail this time around, and that system was Entergy's aging and carbon-producing grid. Beyond the short-sighted greed that motivated some of Entergy's decisions, there's clearly a lot of different factors that are at play. Like Transitions like the one to renewable energy don't happen overnight, and they certainly won't happen without a sustained public movement. So it's even more incumbent upon us as active citizens to do everything in our power to compel these utilities to meet our concerns with action. As the Link 2019 study shows, solar will be a crucial component to strengthening our aging electrical infrastructure. And as we're seeing in Entergy's case, even with significant financial incentives to do so, some utilities will find enough personal profit in continuing to let their services languish under the unreliable and heavily polluting influence of the fossil fuel industry. And that's why stuff like public comments, voting on the ballot and with your dollar, and choosing the option to power your life with renewable energy are all actions we need to take whenever it's possible for us. So for folks in upstate New York, the Capital District and throughout Vermont, get in touch with us at suncommon.com to start taking steps to power your home and your business with solar. And for the solar spill, I'm Tavit, and thanks so much for giving this special bonus episode a listen.